Now, injuries are inevitable, and of course, when athletes are in peak physical form and train to stay fit and mobile, a single errant step, an awkward landing or a violent collision there can actually bend joints and limbs in ways that potentially can end careers. And of course, uh, those aren't the only ways, however, that can end it all for players, according to a new FIFPRO research that reveals a strong correlation between severe injuries and the mental well-being of players, ranging from depression, anxiety, sleeping disturbances, adverse alcohol abuse and overall stress. And of course, to get to the core of this alarming issue, we speak to Chris Fortune, who is a lecturer and researcher in the Department of Sports and Movement Studies at the University of Johannesburg. Chris, good evening and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, Lelo, and uh, good evening to your listeners. Now, let's talk about uh, career-threatening injuries when it comes to sport. Tell us about your knowledge and how can these injuries... uh, First and foremost, which ones are they and how can they be avoided? Well, look, because, you know, when you, when you engage in sport, you, you, identi- you identify yourself against uh, the clubs and things like that because it's willingly. But when it comes to professional level, it becomes a job. And, 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 and that where, that's where the concern lies. Um, you know, the, the, the demands of the game of football has changed over the, over the, over the years. And there's more focus now on winning at all costs. So there's more input in terms of monetary investment into, into players. Mm. So if you look at it from, the, from, a, from a sports science perspective, you will see that uh, the preparation of players is highly important for them to, 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 be, to, sustain, to sustain injuries and to have functional training and to have medical support uh, throughout their career. Mm. Now, you, it's not guaranteed in any game that uh, you will not pick up an injury. So when you speak, up, when you speak about injuries, you have uh, various types of injuries, and the majority of them, because football is a contact sport, you will have it in the musculoskeletal areas, which will be the joints and the knees and the hips, um, hamstrings, which is the muscle, the muscle tears, and mm. issues like that. So... If you, if, you, if you look at it on a, on a broad scale, the preparation of, the, of, the, of, the, of, of any professional athlete is highly, highly important. This is why we speak about uh, periodization and we speak about um, areas of the three phases of, of, of preparation of athletes. It's uh, pre-season, it's in-season and out-of-season. And then you speak in terms of intensity and duration and, 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 and flexibility and strength training. But I think one of the most important things, and you, you, you've highlighted it now from a very strong colleague of mine, uh, Vincent Kutubach, from the Free University of Holland. Mm-hmm. And um, he's now the advisor for the Players Association in the world in terms of a lot of, a lot of issues around mental health and mental illness. Because you must understand, and I think that's a dynamic that we are missing in the South African context, is that players are, are, are normal human beings. So they have stresses, they have anxiety, they have depression, which leads to alcohol abuse, it leads to addiction, it leads to a whole lot of other uh, uh, social ills that uh, they, they try to run away from. Mm. You, you, you understand? And um, there's a very recent report from colleagues of ours from the University of Brussels. It's called Mind the Gap. If you go onto the Footprint website, you will see there's a big report called Mind the Gap. And then they speak about issues of education and player support and psychological enhancement. And, 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 and the sad part of it is well, we don't see that present in South African football. 
Mm. And the preparation of now planning, now the other day, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, you were speaking, you were involving people, or I think it was last night, in, in terms of youth development. Now, how do we develop our youth in terms of mental strength and mental illness? Yeah. If you look at the research done by Vincent Gutenberg, he interviewed 3,000 professional players and six federations, and six UEFA um, uh, uh, representatives in terms of what is it that, that can enhance the players play on, on, on the field. You must understand that football today is investment is big. Uh, talks now, there's a big uh, issue around the table around the transfer of uh, uh, billiard. Yeah. And it's a lot of money. So teams are saying we, we are investing so much money into, 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 into a player. I mean, on the cards now in Europe is going to be one of the biggest transfers uh, of Neymar from Barcelona to uh, from uh, PSG back to Barcelona. Back to Barcelona, yeah. They trade him for 100 million uh, US dollars plus two players. A staggering amount of money. <laughs> A staggering, yeah. Can you understand? So now imagine if Neymar arrives at Barcelona and he play he plays five minutes and he gets a, a major injury. Yeah, that would be very catastrophic. Now tell it us about catastrophic. when it comes yeah. to injuries in sport. How much of a role does fitness play in terms of preventing injuries from occurring? This is why we speak about functional training or functional exercises prior to that. You have to prepare an athlete because the dimensions of the game have changed. The, the demands of the game have changed. The pace of the game has changed. Last night, if you look at the, the, the Chelsea, Chelsea versus Liverpool game, you, know, you have again an issue of experience. How many miles have done? How many kilometers have players like Mane and Saleh covered? Mm. They just come now from they just come now from an African Nations Cup. They have they had two weeks of rest, and it's going to count against them. If you look at the, the likes of Lionel Messi, you know in South Africa we're always speaking about the players have to be big and strong. Yeah, but Messi Messi is a, is, a, is, a, is an average vote. Player, but when he was 12 years old, uh, they, the, the sports scientists realized that they made a projection in his life that he would not grow any any bigger. Mm. So they built the sports science around him in terms of his strength and his conditioning, his agility, his movement of the ball, his psychological, his sports vision. I don't think any of the teams in South Africa apply sports vision in terms of your peripheral vision. We have done tests with, with goalkeepers in the PSL. And once the ball comes from the left side and the blind side and it goes up in the air, they lose sight of the ball. Wow. That means, and, and you must understand that our players come from townships mm-hmm. where the lighting is not as good as... They, they grew up under paraffin lamps or uh, subdued lighting and sometimes, you know, the Prince of Darkness, Eskom switches, switches on the lights and we darkness all the time. <laughs> so that affects, that affects the eyesight of players. All right. How many of our professional teams have tested the eyesight of the players? How many players are playing with contact lenses today? Very interesting questions. There we are talking to Chris Fortune, who is a lecturer and research at the Department of Sports and Movement Studies at the University of Johannesburg. I'm actually now, you know, with the last comment that he made, I'm hearing uh, maybe some people could say maybe sometimes if a, a team doesn't perform well, maybe it could be ESCOM's fault from what uh, the lecturer has just said. Anyway, it is MSW right here on Radio 2000 and as well as Metro FM. Let's go for a quick commercial break. And then after that, we'll continue our conversation about sports injuries with Chris Fortune. We do continue our 
topic and our chat for today with uh, Chris Fortain, who is a lecturer and research at the Department of Sports and Movement uh, Studies at the University of Johannesburg. Now, Chris, we talked a bit about um, fitness and the preparation of players and just the importance of that. When it comes to diet as well, Oh, it seems like uh, we actually lost him on the line there. That is uh, Chris Fortain when it comes to our conversation this evening. When we talk about uh, injuries that can potentially end a career. Career-threatening injuries in sports. With you as well, the listener of this uh, show, MSW. Tell us about uh, when it comes to the injuries that you've actually seen. Or you have you played sports as well? And what injuries have uh, prevented you from playing, you know, going and playing at the highest level? Because I know that a lot of people would tell you that they actually were on a trajectory to be a good rugby player or even a good footballer. But along the way, injury really hampered their progress to actually hit the big time. And some, even uh, they actually get to the top level and then they find themselves injured and that actually ends their career. I mean, case in point, uh, Brilan Kuzwa just recently, his, his uh, career at Orlando Pirates and in football was ended by an ankle injury there. And I mean, we're seeing now the likes of Itumelon Kune has had a long uh, shoulder injury that, has, that he's actually really trying to get out of. He wanted to go and play in the Africa Cup of Nations. It didn't happen. And, of course, in the preseason as well, they have been uh, trying to shield him. And uh, when uh, are we expecting him back on the field of play? Well, uh, Shali Rasmus, do we have uh, Chris Fortin back on the line? Uh, it seems like we're actually having an issue there with uh, getting our guest back on the line there and talk more about the sports injuries and those that are career-threatening. And ones that, of course, that he mentions are, uh, mentioned are things such as the hamstring injury. I mean, uh, you hear quite about it a lot when it comes to rugby especially, that when a player actually does uh, have a hamstring injury, it, it does really take quite a long time for them to come back from that injury layoff there because it is just one of those. And of course, I mean, in football, when it comes to ankle injury and the Achilles tendon is another one that a lot of people actually talk about, that that's another one that is quite career-threatening. And how many knee injuries and knee, uh, what is it, uh, ligaments? And them tearing, have you actually heard of where there has been issues there? Seems like we have our guest back, that is Christopher Fortain, back on the line from the University of Johannesburg, is a lecturer and a researcher there. Chris, so welcome back. I mean, I was just saying a bit there before I lost you on the line, the fact that yeah. um, let's talk about it as well. Something that uh, maybe some, some professionals don't probably really don't take it to heart. Things such as diet and the importance of diet in terms of being a sports person and how that can actually help in terms of keeping injuries away? Look, Lelo, uh, uh, when, you, when, you, when you prepare a professional athlete, there are certain dimensions and variables that you have to look at. And nutrition is one of them. But the, the challenge that we have is, if you look at the professional teams around, mm. uh, uh, I'm talking from an international perspective, immediately the 45-minute window period after they have trained or after they have played after they have played, is highly, highly important. So they need to take in. So if you look at the dressing room after a game between Liverpool and Arsenal or Manchester, you will see that it's filled with food and, and things like that. So the players eat immediately after the game. Uh-huh. You understand? Mm. So that is replenishing. So, so that, that's, one of the, that's one of the challenges that we have in South Africa. Mm. We, I, I know from a, from a youth development perspective that after training, that players do not get uh, a sustenance. 
So they've been training for two hours at a high intensity and they do not have a refill. So the, you're doing more damage than you're doing um, any, any, any development. I've done research uh, on all the Gauteng uh, sport uh, uh, football academies. Yeah. All of them, from sundown to South of Africa to... And one of the issues that we found, one of the results of that, is that from a sports science perspective, they are doing more damage than they're doing, uh, uh, doing any new development. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. A youth player coming from Soweto. So he's coming from an impoverished background or a, or, a, or, a, or a low-income background, so he doesn't have a lunch to go to school. Maybe they have a feeding scheme at school, or they may not have. So that is a talented football player. He's a future Bafana star. He's... 15 years old, and what happened is he's, he's sustenance for the whole day is on water. So then he gets into a taxi at two o'clock so that he gets to um, to the northern suburbs where he's in strain or wherever he's traveling to. He gets there to go for a two hour endurance and a high intensity. Immediately after that training, it's, a, it's around about five, six o'clock. He has to take a taxi back to the township. It's dark when he comes home. He comes, like I said, from a from a low-income grouping, he's too tired to do anything. Now, that is only one day. That is only a space of, say, six to, say, seven hours or eight hours in a day. Yeah. Now, if that, if, that, if, that, if that continues for a month, what's that going to happen to the player? You'll find that that player, you'll find that that player has lost weight mm-hmm. because he's not getting the nutrition value. So that way, that's where the nutrition play, plays an important role. All right. Chris, when you look at your professional players, immediately after the after training, yeah. you go to KFC or to McDonald's, you'll find them all sitting there. Ay, 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 ay. Yeah, Chris, unfortunately, time is not on our side. It seems like this 30 minutes actually really, really flew by. And definitely, we have to have another part two when it comes to this chat because it is quite informative. And I'm no, sure that the very, very important. Very, very important and informative as well. Chris, thank you so much uh, for your time. Until next time. Okay, Lelo. Thank you. That is Christopher Fortain. They're the lecturer and researcher of the Department of Sports and Movement Studies at the University of Johannesburg. For myself, Lelom Zatka, and the entire crew that actually brought you this show, Morale Sports Worldwide, right here on Radio 2000, as well as Metro FM, it is goodbye. And of course, next up, it is Asterapy with the Iceman and Metro FM Talk with Abong Atawe.